I mean, these are the things that I think about. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be, and welcome to It's So Real. With your boy, O. And your girl, Rocky. What's good? <laughs> so today, we are going to talk about relationships. Mm-hmm. Relationships 101. So, we've done a couple of episodes about dating. Yep, a couple. A couple. Dating one-on-one, the basics. The one we did last week. I forgot what we called that. What did we call that one? Oh, dating, dating what to know before, before you go. go. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this one's about relationships. So first, I want to ask, what's the difference between dating and a relationship? Mm. Should I start? Because I'm about to get into this food right now. <laughs> Yeah, you should start. Okay, she ain't shit for that. All right, all right. Um, time we started. <laughs> whatever. I'm eating what I gotta eat. You know what I'm saying? It's so real. Um, so the difference between dating and relationships. I would say dating is when you are in a phase where you're still trying to figure things out or you're trying to see whether or not you want to commit to somebody. When you've officially committed to someone, I think that's when you have entered into a relationship. There comes a certain expectation of guidelines and decorum. Whatever that may be built around is up to the two people that, you know, are in a relationship or other people that are in a relationship. Polyamory, we'll get to that a little bit later. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's really depending upon those people involved in, in that. And there's some type of commitment, some type of boundaries, some type of structure to it. So I think that's the basic difference between that and dating. Dating's a lot more fluid. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more space and ambiguity sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, purposely sometimes. <laughs> that's the purpose of it. You're mm-hmm. trying to figure things out. And that's what dating is. Um, but, yeah, as soon as you get into a relationship, you got some restrictions. But with that comes some um, space for vulnerability. Nobody wants to be in a vulnerable to someone who could just disappear in two seconds. Or who could use that information to harm you. Like, you know, so that it comes with benefits. But- I will say, how do you know you want to be in a relationship with someone if you haven't practiced some far- form of vulnerability and see what the response is? Well, you have. That's what dating's for. It's like testing the waters mm. of vulnerability. Mm. But I wouldn't go like tell the person that you're dating, you know, your deepest darkest secret because <laughs> there is no structure to uphold that person not violating mm-hmm. that deepest darkest secret secret which is why people like relationships it offers that structure and mm-hmm. stability mm-hmm. which is leads to security and vulnerability mm-hmm. so one thing is that titles seem to be a thing especially as we're getting older oh yeah it is and like i don't know if millennials have fully grasped the concept or at least i haven't fully grasped the concept of dating like in high school and college between and versus dating as an adult, you know, where it's like, no one's asking, will you be my girlfriend anymore? <laughs> you know, no. but yet the title is such a, a huge thing, but it's like, well, how do you get the title? If 
that question isn't asked or what does the title represent? Why does it change things? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, hold on. I wanted to write a thought down. But as far as the title, I could be doing the same exact thing with a person. We're dating, mm-hmm. but there's no title of it being a relationship, but nothing would change. I've done that. Situationships. Those those are what those are. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, like... We spend every waking moment together. We do stuff together. Sex is there. Like, yeah. Situationships happen all the time. All the time. It's easy to get into them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to get out. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so what does the title pose? What's the difference between, ah, eh, we're kind of together, but not really, but we are, versus... The title, yes, we're in a relationship. I think again, the title is the structure. It's like, it's like almost all things that we have in life. It creates an order. So, like, remember the examples that you give. Like, who decides this is gonna be a rock? You know what yes. I mean? It's just there as a purpose. Like, if we one person agrees and we all collectively agree, mm-hmm. then it doesn't cause chaos. Because if people start calling rocks, motherfucking ketchup, and somebody said pass the motherfucking ketchup. Extreme, but you get the I'm point. just saying. You get my example, though. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why I use extreme examples. Um, <laughs> it sticks in your head. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you, so there's a, a, a there's a center, a consensus around whatever that may be. So mm-hmm. in the context of relationships, the consensus mm-hmm. is, all right, we're not about to fuck each other over. We at least know that these are the boundaries that we're going to uphold, or whatever they may be. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what really the big difference is. When it comes to like situationships and like mm-hmm, dating, mm-hmm. like I said, it's fluid. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more, a lot more room for just being able to misconstrue what might be happening. Mm. And what would you say to the people who are in situationships? Mm-hmm. And I'm just coming from the female perspective. Uh oh. <laughs> Usually it's Ladies. the woman who wants the relationship and the man does not. And yet, and then that goes into the question of um, providing benefits before the relationship. Because it's like, I'm doing all this and he's still like, oh, I don't want to be in a relationship with you. Yet we're still doing all the same things. So how do you... How do you get the title? Wrong. I know. I was going <laughs> to... I knew, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> because if somebody is not ready for a relationship, uh-huh. they are not ready for a relationship. Ooh. Nothing you can do will make them ready. <laughs> That's a personal journey within themselves. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> exactly. See, I, I knew. But somebody was asking it, so I had to, <laughs> had to put it out there. Yeah. Yeah, you can't force a, you can't force a relationship. It's not going to happen. Really Sorry. Mm-hmm. It's not. Um... When someone's ready for a uh, when someone's ready for a relationship, mm-hmm. they will let you know. They'll be usually enthusiastic about it. They'll either uh, show you through their actions and deeds, mm-hmm. or whatever love language they'll try to figure out. What the love language possibly? Five love languages. Gary Chapman, get on it. Yeah, very mm-hmm. important. Like, can we just pause? Mm-hmm. Okay. Just go through them. Yeah, because I'm eat while she do that. I um. <laughs> I was introduced to the five love languages in undergrad when I was in one of my psychology classes, but, um, I fully recommend it just because 
there's a lack of self-awareness that's going around with human beings. So mm-hmm. in that lack of self, self-awareness, we don't know how we need to be loved. And some people can say love is love. Like, you know, when somebody loves you, they show that they love you. Well, how do they do that? Okay. So with the five love languages, it's understand that through this person doing this, you feel loved. You receive love from them by them doing the certain thing. So the five love languages are words of affirmation. So when someone says, I love you, I appreciate you, I need you. Words of affirmation. Okay. Next one, physical touch. I mean, but it doesn't have to be sexual. Physical touch. And then, and then that's also the thing. The love languages was designed for relationships, but I use it with friendships, mm-hmm. with work, family, like any area where you're going to have an interaction with another person and it's someone you care about, you have a relationship with or an interaction with, like you can receive love in different ways. So the physical touch can be a hug, a handshake, pat on the back. Like it could be something simple as that. Like that's physical touch, you know? (laughs) But, um, I was going to say as an example, mm -hmm. for me, physical touch in a relationship is Mm -hmm. really big. Physical touch in a friendship. Well, well, hold hold on, hold on. Let's, we can say what our personal are. Just let me get through oh, what the yeah, languages ahead. are. So, so okay, we have words of affirmation. We have I'm physical touch. <laughs> um, quality time, which I love the way the book breaks it down in that there are different dialects to each of these languages. So, for example, with quality time, like one person's love language, the one way they feel loved is by being in the same room as their significant other. Whereas another person needs electronics off face-to-face communication to receive that as quality time. Okay. Then there's also acts of service, which is like doing, um, acts. <laughs> so like doing the dishes, taking out the trash, cleaning up after yourself, like those kind of things, or like helping you. So say you have like a huge work project and they're trying to make sure that you have everything you need in order to get that done. Like acts of service. Um, and then the last one is receiving gifts. Okay. So those are the five love languages. You can use it across the board, but I do believe people in relationships need to know how they love Mm. or need to be loved because my professor explained it to me like this. He was like, I can walk like on my way to work, walking out the door, tell my wife every single day that he loves her. But if that's not how she needs to be loved, she'd be like, you don't love me. He's like, what you talking about? I done told you I love you like 365 days. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, those are just words. I don't mean nothing. And some people are like that, where they receive love differently. And even if it's not, even if the way your partner needs to be loved is foreign to you. So say you didn't grow up with a physically affectionate household. Okay. But your partner needs physical touch as a way to feeling loved. So you're going to have to get out of that comfort zone and try and explore because that's something that your partner needs. So not everything is going to come naturally. Sometimes you do have to work at it. And I think that's what people, like people don't get. You have to work at maintaining a relationship. I don't, it's not some, ooh, everything's smooth. There's nothing to just, it's just smooth sailing. Like, no. Happy couples have arguments. Happy couples mm-hmm. have conflicts. It's how you handle it. But relationships take work. 
So that being said, we can talk about our love languages. Are you going to take a break in your eating? Oh, yeah. I'll do that for that. Because I love to talk about love. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, my top two love languages. Mm-hmm. Um, physical touch and quality time. Those two are huge for me. If you're going to be in a relationship with me, you have to be able to, you know, touch. And that doesn't it just include sex. It, it, it for sure includes sex. Mm-hmm. But it's not the only thing. I'm also someone who likes to be affectionate and, you know, just like lovey-dovey, pretty much. But pick your spots. <laughs> it's not all the time, like anything. Quality time is very important. I would describe that as, like you were saying earlier, mm-hmm. having face-to-face, one-on-one time, not being in front of, like, the TV screen all the time. I'm not saying we can't Netflix and chill, like, literally <laughs> just chill. Because that's cool, too. But going on walks or being outside, um, having conversations, mm-hmm. just, you know, vibing off of each other and actually communicating in some way, or shape, or form, rather than it just being us being entertained by one thing. You know, so that's what I consider. Um, my other love languages, I don't even really look at the other like order of the, the rest. So you pretty usually much do your primary love are, language and your secondary love language. Yeah, those usually are, those are the ones you those pay ones that, most attention to. Right. Yeah. The other ones, um, I really into. But what about your two, your primary and your secondary? What are your? So I actually tied for primary. Yeah, because mine are tied as well. It's quality time and physical touch. I think those both. What's the number when they're tied? Wait, what? When they're tied, it's still primary. Mm-hmm. It's just a tie. So you, there's a quiz. You take the quiz and you basically have numbers for which ones you scored. So from those numbers, you determine your primary and secondary yep. love language. So some of them can be a tie. So um, mine's actually changed. So when I first took the test in undergrad. My primary love language was a tie between quality time and physical touch. And my secondary was words of affirmation. Um, I just took the test again a couple months ago and it's changed to my primary love language being a tie between quality time and words of affirmation. And my secondary love language being physical touch. So it, words of affirmation like increased. I need more words of affirmation in order to feel love. Probably because I went through some shit. But... Um, mm. But, uh, but yeah, so that's what I need. And for, so quality time for me, I love watching movies together. <laughs> I'm a big movie person. Um, I'm, I love doing an activity together and I love just communicating with each other and just talking and, you know, you always find out something new about a person, no matter how long you've been together. But, um, cause we change throughout life, so you know, we're never the same person, but, um, but yeah, so that's quality time. Just <laughs> hanging out <laughs> in multiple forms. So I can expand across the different dialects when it comes to quality time. Um, words of affirmation, um, compliments are nice, which is interesting. I, this actually came up before. I would rather receive compliments from my significant other than some random guy on the street because it means more coming from my significant other. Yeah. So, um, saying I love you, saying I appreciate you, just give me those affirmations. (laughs) Um, 
And then for physical touch, um, sex is actually not big for my physical touch in the way that I need to be loved. (laughs) It's different from him. But, um, but yeah, it's like, it's a part of it, but more the way I really feel loved is through kissing. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge kisser because that's more emotional for me. That's more intimate. So like I can kiss for half an hour and just like it not lead to sex. Like sometimes I don't want sex. Like I just want to kiss and touch and cuddle. Those are my big ones. So, yep. All those and sex. See, I can do them without the sex. Me too. And then sex. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> I'm just a very physical person when it comes to that. Physical touch is huge. But again, different dialects. Because mm-hmm. physical touch is huge for me. I just don't want like sex all the time. I would rather touch all the time and kiss all the time than sex all the time. Sex is needed, granted. But I don't need it as much as I need kissing. So. I had another thought about relationships. Mm-hmm. When I said that everybody changes. Yeah. It's like you're supposed to grow with each other. Mm -hmm. I was watching some movie and I can't recall what it was, but it was like somebody who had been married for years and he was telling his daughter about marriage and relationships. And he was like, you know, we change throughout life. That's a given. But when you're with the right person and that person changes, you meet the right person all over again. And I was like, damn. Because you are growing individually. Well, if you're, if you're open to growth. But you're growing individually. And the thing about relationships is you could be growing apart or you can be growing together. You've mastered the hand motion. I am so proud. Just keep doing my hands, y'all. Anyway, <laughs> growth. <laughs> All right, so let's get into these expectations. The structure, the border that you were talking about that comes with the title Yo. is expectations. Your expectations change. Once you have this title, once, okay, we committed, we exclusive, we together. Expectation. I have when I see couples like in- They don't. They are honest with themselves and their own expectations going into the relationship. Like, yo, be honest with yourself. What do you expect going into this relationship? They never, like, laid out all there Mm -hmm. and actually make it Go to premarital counseling, please, people. Yeah. I have a couple... I have a few clients that are in uh, premarital counseling. Mm -hmm. Um, And, man, I wish they would have came earlier. (laughs) But still, they're here. Yeah. So... It's rough though. Another thing they say about couples therapy is a lot of times people go when it's too late. Yeah, they go when there is a crisis. Mm-hmm. A crisis big enough to. Right. <laughs> so. And then they'd be like, go. Why didn't they get fixed? Exactly. Like, couples <laughs> therapy is not to fix your issues. Yeah. No, There's I, no guarantee that you, you stay could, together. So, one hour a week, you think that's going to fix exactly. everything exactly. that you got? No. So before no. there's a crisis, go. If you're committed to somebody and I you're like... used to... And then you also learn skills that right. you didn't know. People 
Like, I specialize in kids, so I don't have kids. And people are like, well, how do you know about kids if you don't have them? Like, where do you learn things from? Your experience, yes, but you also learn them from your family. There's no telling that your family was doing it the right way or the most healthy, beneficial way. It's just the way that you know. Exactly. And one, I see a lot more people in intimate settings than you do. So I'm seeing different ways people are parenting or being in a relationship and stuff like that. And yes, books help. <laughs> like, I don't know what people's aversion to books are. Read. Learn something. Like, your relationship is shitty, so you might as well do something to change it. Versus, no, they can't tell me anything. They don't know us. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Went on a little tangent there. All right. Expectations. So, how do the expectations change once you're in a relationship versus out of a relationship? Hmm. Oh, he's chilling, so should I respond? So anyways, expectations change because, one, yeah, commitment. <laughs> like, ex- exclusivity, if you are practicing monogamy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I honestly can't give you specific educations. Expectations, sorry. All right, so. Yeah. <laughs> expectations. <laughs> Um, what expectations should you have going into a relationship or in what context should we explain expectations? I mean, I think everybody has expectations going into the relationship, whether they have admitted admitted them to themselves or not. Um, okay. So it's okay to have expectations in a relationship, except, Mm -hmm. Um, it's actually necessary. If you don't have any expectations in your relationship, you're in a situation. <laughs> yeah. So stop fooling yourself. Stop saying exactly. like, no, nah, everything's cool. Like, no, nah, no, nah, mm-hmm. you do have things that you and want. You and know, you have boundaries. And you know, you because you get resentful because that person right, ain't you feel some being type of way, you upheld your feelings. You be in your feelings. Don't exactly. be lying to yourself. I see you. Mm-hmm. I don't know who I'm pointing at, but you know, you know what it is. If you feel some type of way, even me looking at you right now, mm-hmm. it's you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we get into those situationships. So you mm-hmm. know you have expectations. Stop fronting, stop denying it, and just accept that, and then figure out what to do with them. On to the next phase. Mm-hmm. What to do with the expectations? Let them be known. Right. You don't know whether your expectation is out of bounds or or what can't be met until you let that be known, and then. That is whether you can tell if a person will be willing to be flexible within those expectations, willing to stand sturdy in those expectations or not. And that can lead to um, whether or not you want to stay with that person. And I will say you need to understand which expectations are non-negotiable. Right. You have to know which ones are the things that are like just pillars of, of who you are mm-hmm. and what you want like, a relationship for to instance, stand for for you. My expectation... Now, mind you, this is while I'm dating as well, so it's mm-hmm. only further more in the relationship, but is to respect me in every way possible. So if you don't respect me, that's it. There, There is no relationship. That's a non-negotiable, right? <sighs> yeah, so that's why I, how I look at expectations. They're, they're necessary. They're there. They're... Mm. There's no reason to deny them. In fact, it's healthy to have expectations. Um, but we could talk about uh, unrealistic expectations. Talk about it. <laughs> um, that's when you do let your expectations be known to your partner. 
Uh, and perhaps he or she cannot or will not comply to those uh, expectations mm -hmm. because they're out of pocket in their mind. Um, For instance. Go ahead. Give them an example. When niggas. <laughs> Stand up for this one. When niggas be coming at me talking about I can't I'm dance. trying to watch with y'all. Go ahead. I can't dance with another guy because I'm in a relationship. And that is, like, common. One, I have issues with authority, so don't tell me what to do. Okay? First and foremost. But two, that's showing me two things. Mm. Well, hold on. It might just be one thing. Well, basically, <laughs> is you're not trusting me. Well, no, two things. Yeah, you're not trusting me. Why can't I dance with another guy? The baseline of that equation is because you don't trust me. Mm. The second thing is, dancing is not sex. What we keep telling white people, dancing's not sex. So why does it matter if I'm dancing with a guy and ho going home with you? Like, it's just dancing. Insecurity. Exactly. Oh, that's the third thing. Check yourself, which another one of my expectations is having a healthy self-esteem. Because I don't got time to be catering to your insecurities. Get your shit together. Okay. Sorry. Unrealistic expectations. <laughs> that was a long and very detailed example. Well, I feel some type of way about it, so. <laughs> I think we all saw that. Yeah. Anyway, so having those unrealistic um, expectations, you have to be able to check yourself. Yeah. And that's going to be important. And that yeah. requires some level of self-awareness and accountability. Growth. <laughs> so if you're unable to do that, mm -hmm. you might not be ready for a relationship. Um, Speaking on that, unrealistic expectations, gender roles. Ooh. You can go. I know you about to go off on that one. <laughs> so again, I already told you I have issues being told what to do. So I don't get in the kitchen, woman. And I just I just said this in the last um don't episode about the conscious man. So he's with oh, the black people, yeah, yeah, yeah. but then <laughs> had certain ideas about how he wanted his wife to be. And I do discuss children and marriage while I'm dating. Because I need to know, like, if I'm wasting my time or not. Because I don't got, if you still on that, I don't got time. So anyways, general. So he, now mind you, I met him while I was in my master's program for therapy. Okay? This is when I met him. All right? And he's talking about he wants his wife to be barefoot and pregnant. And he does. she doesn't need anything more than a part-time job. Excuse me? <laughs> Excuse me. Those are his expectations. So I said bye bye. <laughs> I don't need that. Like yes, I fully plan on being a mother. Yes, I want to be home with my child or children for some time, not all the time, because I need my space mm -hmm. too. <laughs> mm -hmm. Praise you, be mothers who stay at home, because I got about six months to a year, and then I can't do it anymore. So. But anyways, um, so stuff like that. Women cooking, cleaning, taking care of the kids. Like, women have full-time jobs now. So, men, you need to pick it up. 
I'm sorry that this is heteronormative. I also know that gender roles still play out mm. within um, homosexual and any of the LGBTQ relationships just because we've been raised with that. So it, it kind of perpetuates yeah, itself so in our crazy. in their relationships as well. So, but yeah, like, if I'm working full time, I'm getting home tired too. So how the hell am I going to cook, clean, and take care of the kids when I'm tired too? And you talking about, oh, I need my rest because I had a long day. Bitch, me too. So therefore, balance. (laughs) And pick to your strengths. If there's a man who likes to clean, then he's the cleaner in the relationship. If there's a woman who likes to cook, then she's the the cook in the relationship. Like, pick to to your strengths. And then if there are circumstances where um, maybe the woman does like to cook, but she gets home later and people hungry, like, you're going to have to change it up, you know? Like, that's one of the most annoying things is... No, you should eat. People, um... (laughs) Oh, I'm done. Oh, okay. Thought I was chewing. chewing. Um, yeah, like I was saying, that was one of the most annoying things is people wanting to put people in a box simply because of that gender, mm-hmm. even if they're terrible at it. Like a woman, yeah. if she can't cook or she can't clean or she's not good at it, and they're just like, no, but you got to do it because and you're see, there. And another thing that irritates, irritates my soul, like I'm 26. I mean, yeah, I have roommates, but, you know, I fend for myself type of thing. So... <laughs> If you're living on your own, you should already know how to cook and clean, like, to survive. Like, right. so, a man coming to me without having that ability, I'm like, what is you doing? You should know that individually. That is a part of your own personal growth. Why is it expected right. of me to take care of you? I'm not your mother. I ain't picking up after you. You know where the damn hamper is? Sorry. Have you lived with someone? Nah, this was my parents. <laughs> that, that, I saw how my dad that, that was. That was a flashback I moment. Saw, she, I, she was like, "What's the damn closing the house? I saw how my dad she, she, she was, went back. and I was like, "Mama, I couldn't be you. I could not be you." She went back. I no. could not that, that at was all. Aggressive. I told my dad that. I said, "Yeah, I can't be with a man that's like you." Cause damn. I mean, in that in household that way, mm-hmm. yeah, nah. Cause you made the mess. Why well, I gotta clean it? Bitch, you wrong. <laughs> Equal. But, um, so yeah, finding the balance within your relationship, finding the strengths, working it out if there are different schedules and stuff. But finding that balance, especially when it comes to kids, like both of you are tired from work. Both of you are going to be tired from the kids, so you need to find that balance. So whoever got home first, that they take the break, because usually you need the break immediately when you get home. Mm-hmm. And then when the other person gets home, like, they have the break, and the other person takes over type of thing. That's smart. Look at that. Yeah. Just got to think about it. Everybody's their own methods. You can think about it. That's part of being in a relationship, a partnership. Yeah. Working things out. Working shit out together to make sure that y'all both on point. Exactly. Like, you both. point, like, if if I'm um, I'm good and then my wife is all raggedy, fucking uh, tired all the time, Mm -hmm. stressed the fuck out. Like, how is that good that for the relationship? Why would that be good for our relationship? Exactly. And I would also want to know, especially if you have kids, there are three different roles within that relationship. You are a person, an individual person, then you're a couple, and then you're a parent. And those are three different roles that you have to balance. Because if one is, like, completely priority over the other, there's going to be another one that's lacking. Okay. 
Remember, you got to put your oxygen mask on first before you put it on anybody else. Take care of you. Always. Um, What's next? Is that all you... Did you have anything to add about gender roles? For me, I, I just look at it from the same perspective. If you're good at what you do, mm-hmm. do that. Fuck a role based on a gender. Mm-hmm. Like... Women being stereotypically good at kick- cooking is because of a social, I think, construct of mm-hmm. them being forced into the kitchen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we were naturally already home with the kids, so. Although. Built he, into the society. Whoever, whatever parent stays at home, taking care of the kids is a full-time job. Like, I don't know who thought otherwise. Like, them kids will run you ragged. Like, yeah. <laughs> by the time you, kids. by the time you clean something up, the thing is messy again. Like, what the hell? I just cleaned this. Yeah. yeah. Switch roles. If you have a question about what the stay-at-home parent is doing, switch roles. Somebody go to work and you stay at home and they, then you'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's bad. Exactly. I was watching that video of the guy. I think he stayed home with his two daughters. And he was like, by the time I got one dress, she didn't poop. Shit was coming everywhere. I had to take, give her a bath. And then because I was giving the, the one daughter a bath, the other daughter thought it was time for her bath so that she had her clothes off. So I went from having two kids dressed to no kids dressed. And then I finally got everybody dressed. I walk out the house. I ain't dressed. I don't know how she does it. <laughs> that was a funny video. It's yeah. a black man. <laughs> yeah, switching roles with that shit. Mm-hmm. How you realize it ain't so easy on the other side. Exactly, exactly. Appreciate everybody. Right. Um, but I think another expectation that people don't really admit to themselves is that relationships need to have a balance of security, but also adventure. Mm. And I feel like this is why a lot of people cheat. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because get real stale routine. Yeah, it's routine. Like you're just doing the day to day grind, and it's safe. Yeah, but there's no adventure, and you get bored. You need that balance. You need that balance. Mm-hmm. And then with people dating, that's an adventure. But then sometimes you want to feel secure. You want to feel safe in your vulnerabilities. You know, so it's a balance: adventure and security. But on the topic of cheating. <laughs> So first and foremost, in your relationships, you need to be able to express your needs. If you do not communicate your needs, your needs will not get met. It's one thing if you communicate your needs and they're still not getting met. Oh my gosh. That's that's another thing. Ladies, please stop this shit. Oh my God, yes. Yes, I know what you're about to say. Assuming that he should know how you feel. Get that stop out it. of your system. Stop it, it's so bad. One. We already know how different man is from woman. Why the fuck would he know what's going on in our head? We don't even know what's going on in our own head sometimes, okay? So why would he? I'll be literally in, in a in a session, right? And then a, my, my female, two partners, heterosexual, mm-hmm. the female client will say one thing. Mm-hmm. And then he'll be like, I don't get that shit. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense. And then she'll be like, well, I, I, you should just already know it. And then she'll explain it. To explain it again, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, wait, that was different from what you said the first time. Mm. <laughs> I noticed it because obviously I'm 
third party. But that's why. <laughs> that's why. Because mm-hmm. you think you're saying one thing mm-hmm. in one emotional state. Mm-hmm. And then you might say a completely different thing in another emotional state. Mm-hmm. So depending on what you're actually saying, the words, the words could actually be the same. But your interpretation of what is actually being said is through the lens of whatever emotion you're in. And also your perception. We've grown up differently. We have and the same thing happens for men, too. Yeah. It's not like a woman thing. It's just mm-hmm. that I think because men are so uh, bad at communicating, it's like you guys get extra frustrated that you don't. I know. <laughs> men, talk. See, this is why having the whole boys don't crash shit is yeah, frustrating because... Men don't grow up with any emotional maturity, and then they get in these relationships, and women's are pissed because we're dealing with an emotionally unavailable person. Mm-hmm. Like, teach your little boys. And then you have the other extreme where Emotions. then you have the men who um, are emotional, and then women who are like, man, fuck, man up. I need a man. I need somebody who's going to just not be like emotional all the time. I think there's Express a balance. Themselves. That's what I mean. It has to be a balance, but. Either either way, the balance comes from both partners accepting where where they are. That's true. And that's what I mean by women. You can't tell somebody you should be here and be mad at them because they're not. You need to be like, why aren't you here? What's going on? Let me explain to you why I think you should be here and how we can get there. Go to therapy. I don't got therapy time. would be the best way to I'm do it. I'm a therapist. I really don't have time to do the work inside my relationship. This is why I'm single. Because <laughs> yeah, I need somebody so who's like... Somebody has to be on that level. Yeah, who's already done some of the work, at least. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, because nobody's done all of it. Everybody's blind. Yeah, I'm still in therapy now. So. I'm sure I am, too. Yeah. So. Wednesdays at 10. Friday, 3 o'clock. All the time. <laughs> um, right before the weekend, baby. Clear my mind. Yeah. I'm in the middle of the week. Lot goes Pump on day. Before, lot goes on after. It's actually a good spot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, expression needs. And like, it's fascinating. I was in a couples and sex class in grad school, and we had like a little myth quiz, like at the at the beginning of the class. <laughs> yeah, it was just like asking us things that we heard about about couples and sex and stuff, and just seeing which one was true. So like, yeah. So one I of, think we should do that. One of them. Was like how long sex lasts? <laughs> we should do that. We should do a poll. I'm gonna create one. Yeah, go good ahead. idea. And uh, yeah, how long sex lasts? And or whether or not the woman orgasmed. And I was like, I never understood that women who are quiet or fake an orgasm, especially mm. if you're in a relationship. Like, how is that helping you? You're just going to meet a relationship not having orgasms? What? How is that helping you? Yo, you say that, but like, man, so many women do it. I don't so get why you're not being fulfilled. <laughs> and this is why people cheat. Again, but your needs are not getting met. I usually. Think, I think usually what it is is like everything else is going so well in that relationship or, or like the communication in other areas. So, it, so everything's going, uh, going well and you don't want to communicate. Communicate. You but, will not get your needs met if you do not communicate them. But he's, it goes back to kind of like the expectations and the example we were talking about before mm-hmm. was the expression and communication. Which is one of my expectations. If the man, if the woman feels like the man can't take criticism, Otherwise, she'll 
explode, he'll explode or he'll leave or whatever. She's so, not going to want to approach. Okay, first of all, you need to get okay with criticism. Yeah. And then therapy. I mean, really. But um, I will say when that. Everybody's not there. I will say that the male ego is a little bit fragile, especially mm-hmm. concerning sex. So. Mm, that's very true. Again, read a Don't book. It, watch guys. some YouTube tutorials that's okay the there are ways to say things to your man and sorry that this is heteronormative there are say there are ways to say things to your partner to um like get sex so say you're not orgasming first you need to know what will make you orgasm yeah know okay. your body exactly um but also you can still say it like during sex in a like kinky way like, ooh, I want you to do this to me or, you know, like, and they say if you say it during sex versus like having a conversation outside of sex, it's more likely to be received when it's during. Mm-hmm. And then if he came and you ain't came yet, um, that's where I'm kissing, touching, getting him ready to go again because nigga, I ain't finished. <laughs> so she has this a perception that, that that works. For every guy. Oh, I do. And that does not. Well, I need a quick recovery time, so. I will communicate that. <laughs> That's not something that can happen. Like, all right, go, penis, go. Well, then we need to go to the doctor and make sure everything's okay. Most men take a while to recover. Not the ones I've been with. That's, that's true. <laughs> that's, that's, you've been very fortunate. Mm-hmm. But this, it's true that most men take um, at least good 10. Well, while you working on your 10, you better be down there doing something. Because, again, not fulfilled. If you're, like, if you're in a 50-year marriage. there. But I have to say this because there are a lot of men who have, literally do have issues down there. And that's what, like, Go so the doctor, to the doctor. But the doctor, sometimes. Viagra, baby. <laughs> Do something. I refuse to be in a relationship where I, where you can be sexually fulfilled, but I'm not, nigga. We talking somebody else. We doing that's some what I'm stuff. saying. There's like, gonna be have to be other options, and that comes with more communication. So if you're not able to communicate that, like, imagine be presenting somebody with the idea of taking the pill. You know, with who has a sensitive ego, that's gonna be you have to be able to communicate that again. Stuff. You have to be able to do that in a way that's not going to damage Everybody your sexual chemistry or, chemi- or or sexual relationship in the future. Whatever. <laughs> communicate, communicate. And I know, like, right now, this isn't a big deal, and that's mm-hmm. why it's, like, kind of funny, but as we get older, this is going to get real for a lot of people. And that's what I'm saying. Specifically, long-term relationships slash right. marriage. I'm like... in my um late 20s, mm-hmm. so I'm good (laughs) but i know it's coming Mm. that day is coming and when it does i'm just be like hey it's my time Mm. i'm be i'm gonna keep it real whoever i'm with (laughs) i'm not gonna be one of those people who's uh i don't know i don't don't see the point in faking it especially if you are at that age Mm. and you're getting up there and women y'all have issues too (laughs) yeah so with dryness two people who are fronting yeah. About two things, like, that's not going to work. Like, I think one of the symptoms of menopause is vaginal dryness. Oh, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. So, everybody got to communicate in that way. This sex it continues mm-hmm. to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that communication, 
I think the reason people cheat is because they're not expressing their needs. Their needs are not getting met. And then they go looking for it elsewhere. Whether that's physically, emotionally, any other, spiritually, like, they go try to get that need met somewhere else. Hmm. And if you don't communicate that with your partner, like, what are you doing? I agree. I think cheating is, for sure. Unless you're just, like, an ass and just, like, young guys even that want to conquer i thought about that too but that's addressing a need that's outside of the relationship has nothing to do with that oh yeah true it is addressing another need Mm -hmm. so yeah i think that's the perfect that definition of of cheating of of cheating and why it why it happens and Mm -hmm. why it takes place Mm -hmm. um and i think the again going back to communication and really being able to self-reflect if you're being honest with yourself about where you are your needs and your desires you Cheating won't be something that like sneaks up on you. Exactly. Like, like, oh, it just happened. No, I was feeling this way a long time. Yeah. I was around this person who was like, ooh, I feel special. And then it happened. Yeah. That's when it happened. That's usually what <laughs> People who like who habitually cheat, like like where yeah, yeah, they yeah. Like, like get drunk or mm-hmm. like, some shit like and it happens that like they're like, Oh shit happened again. Those people are, are people who aren't shouldn't be in relationships anyway. But we're talking about People who are probably in long-term relationships yeah. or mm-hmm. relationships that were going well, mm-hmm. seemingly, mm-hmm. Um, that is where the need part definitely comes in. And you can see that interaction between mm-hmm. them wanting to go outside of the relationship to see where they can meet that need. Mm-hmm. Now, back to sex. <laughs> Everybody's favorite topic. You know. Uh, so, what do you think about sex before the relationship? I'm all for it. Because we are, we are millennials. <laughs> I'm all for it. Yeah. No, for real. If you feel like you have sexual chemistry w- with somebody and you aren't bound by the relationship and you feel like it's going to be safe mm-hmm. and you're comfortable, I'm all for, for that. Because sexual chemistry is extremely important. Being the guy who likes physical touch mm-hmm. as a number one love language, primary love, love, love language, I need someone with sexual chemistry with me in order to be in a long-term relationship because that's something that I'm going to consistently need Mm -hmm. in order to feel like I'm receiving love. Mm. So that's how people are. And if they are like me, they're going to need to test that shit out a little bit Mm -hmm. earlier. And I don't feel like there's anything wrong with that. So what would you say is sexual compatibility? Compatibility. Uh, Sexual compatibility starts with attraction. First and foremost, if you cannot have sexual compatibility without attraction, attraction is literally the first thing. (laughs) Unless it's online. And even then. (laughs) You have to. You Mm -hmm. have to be attracted. So that's number one. (laughs) I will say that my attraction grows. Ah. Because, like, they could be be okay. You know, like, all right, you're good looking. And then I get to know their mind. I get to know their heart and their spirit. And I, then it becomes, damn, you fine. Because I know you as a person. <laughs> right. But I think that's that goes into the next phase of it, which would be after attraction, mm-hmm. you really get into the um, the boost of, of what the attraction, like the attraction level, like on a spectrum. It gets boosted by other qualities that you find attractive attractive and Mm -hmm. sexy so Mm -hmm. it's kind of like core values it's like you have core 
attractions as well. Mm. So things that you naturally find attractive and sexy. For me, mm-hmm. if you dance, if you sing anything artistic, I'm like, ooh. Mm-hmm. If you're singing, you know, I just get... So <laughs> that's for me. Because I equate or I um, relate those things to being sexual or being sexy and attractive. Uh, that could be for my past experiences, entertainment, whatever it may be. I also think you're attracted to who you are. Mm-hmm. So Parts of who you are. You are a dancer. <laughs> and you're artistic. So mm-hmm, if someone mm-hmm. else is showing you that, it's, I see myself. Right. So yeah. the whole opposites attract things. I don't. True. <laughs> um, but yeah, th- so that boosts the attraction and that goes further and further. And then that can go and lead into the sex. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to the chemistry of sex... That has to do with whether you're able to read your partner physically. You know what I mean? Like, mm. if you know when to give them eye contact, when to kiss them, but, when to kiss them. But I will say that I knew someone who was in a relationship mm-hmm. for a long time, over five years. And then they got out of that relationship and were was in a situation with somebody. And... She compared the two a lot. And, like, one gave her, like, all the emotional support that she needed. She never had to ask him about how to provide that for her. Mm. But wasn't the best at sex. Whereas the other guy, the situationship, was phenomenal at sex. She didn't have to tell him anything, yet could not provide one lick of emotional support for her. And she was, she had to question herself and was like, what's better that I have to train my partner in sex or I have to train my partner in how to care for me emotionally. Mm-hmm. And then I get it. Women sometimes, especially when you want the man to be dominant, sorry that it's heteronormative. If you want your partner to be <laughs> dominant and you don't want to tell them what to do to you, you just want them to take you and do it. You got to let that go. Like, it goes back to what we were saying. You got to tell him. You got to tell him. Like, I, he going to know after you tell him. So. Yeah, there you go. Like, but you do have to tell him. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, which one would you rather image. have? But we all had the image, like, oh, like the guy's supposed to, like, he's supposed to take charge. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys don't got that. Yeah. That's not, everybody doesn't grow up with that. Mm-hmm. You know? Or see that as being the thing that's seen as most attractive mm-hmm. or valuable. So yeah. you can't you can't just go into it like I shouldn't have to. You might have to. Sorry. But it's okay. Like, what is it gonna do? Only improve the relationship? Right. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> um I did wanna talk about polyamory. Ooh, one of my favorite topics. Because I can po- talk about anything. Like the <laughs> poly community is huge out here in Bay Area. I'm with it. Um, well, not like literally. <laughs> no judgment. I support y'all. <laughs> An ally. Ally for sure. But before I came to Oakland, I my exposure to polyamory was like the one man with like seven wives type of thing, or in the Wild rare type of the r- rare occasions where it's one woman and multiple men type of thing. That was my understanding of polyamory. But out here, it's different. You have a primary relationship, 
secondary relationship and like different levels of relationship. And within each relationship, there are boundaries, there are rules, honesty, trust, and communication are crucial to be yes. able to successfully have this. I was saying before, those are the things that provide that security for those mm-hmm. relationships to even happen. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so you have your primary partner, mm-hmm. but you can have people outside of that. And no, it's not one big orgy. Just because... Why so, do people assume that? Yeah. That's just crazy. Because we're consumed with sex, but um, versus love, tools. like polyamory, am, am, amour, love, like this is love yeah. we're talking about, and and like okay, so having the concept of multiple soulmates, I fully believe in it, like because okay, say you've been married for fifty years and then your partner dies, does that mean you're gonna be alone for the rest of your life? No, you may find another soulmate, and then first love, it's called first because you fall in love again, <laughs> like so having this idea of having multiple loves. It's not a, it's not a new thing. It's not a new thing. So when people find multiple loves within the life right now, that's polyamory. Fucking normal. Exactly. So it's okay to be in love with more than one person at the same time. Like, it's all right. right. If you're monogamous, it may not be okay. But <laughs> and then that's what that's where why people get freaked out. Exactly. Um, and that's why even as I'm talking about this, mm-hmm. I said. As an ally, I support it because I understand it yeah. from that perspective. And when you break it down like that, it doesn't seem so fucking scary. Exactly. Stop getting scared of labels, people. Right. Labels are what makes you like just fucking like, oh shit. Because you don't even understand and, half them. And even, yeah, the fear of the unknown. Just because it's unknown does not mean it's scary. Does not mean you have to be scared of it. Just learn to understand it. And even if you don't understand it, then just say, hey, that's you over there. Right. It ain't impacting And that, and that me. goes back to what I was going to say, which is I understand... Mm-hmm the reasoning behind wanting to be in those multiple relationships. But it's not personally for me because yeah. I know, one, I would get probably jealous as fuck. That's like work, too. Um, like plus, one relationship is yeah, work. Yeah. I, I don't like having more than one relationship. Although there are there are pockets where there are some, mm-hmm. um, where there is a primary relationship and one other relationship is purely for sex for the guy. That I would almost be willing to sign up for. But <laughs> but it w- I know it would complicate things because mm-hmm. I don't know if I would f- be able to find a woman who is only okay with just having sex and minimal interaction while I'm dealing with my primary partner. And plus, I don't know how often I would want to be having sex with her, what the schedule would be like. So this is what I'm talking about with all the complications and why yeah, I probably wouldn't want to deal with it. It does take planning and stuff. Right. So monogamy for me is usually the best route. It's something that I'm used to. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm a romantic guys so I'm built into having that lane anyway yeah. so it's a natural fit for me but that doesn't mean I can't respect the other community and understand them mm-hmm. but yeah back to the it's not all one orgy um so <laughs> yeah if I'm with my significant other mm-hmm. and then I have a secondary relationship my significant other does not have to be with that secondary person right and then that secondary person could also have a primary relationship. So we're not dependent on, you know, the full needs of a, a primary relationship. But, and our partners are not together either. You know, it doesn't have to be all one thing. Like, just because I fell in love with someone else doesn't mean my partner did. Yeah. So open your eyes to different types of love and relationships. <laughs> um... Trust is crucial. Mm. You cannot have a relationship without trust. 
regardless if it's multiple relationships or one. Which is why honesty and trustworthiness and faithfulness are part of my expectations. Faithfulness because I'm with the monogamy as well. But, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. yeah. And communication is also another part of my expectations. But with that being said, I do, with the last few minutes we have, want to talk about conflict within relationships. Mm. Again, happy couples have conflict. Life gives you ups and downs. You don't necessarily know how to deal with it all the time. So, again, it's not that there is conflict. It's how you handle the conflict. So what would you say is, like, a better way to handle conflict within a relationship? Um, the best way to handle conflict, uh, I guess I would start with something I teach my clients, which is to match your partner's emotional frequency before y'all have a conversation about whatever is, um, the issue or conflict within the relationship. So matching your partner's emotional frequency, I won't go into too much detail, but there's an exercise for it and all that. I'm probably okay, anyways, what the hell is emotional frequency? Oh, you don't know what that is? No. Well, why don't I tell you? <laughs> emotional frequency. <laughs> emotional frequency is basically uh, just understanding what type of emotion your partner is in and being present with them in that moment of understanding that emotion doesn't mean that you have to take in what that emotion is, but it does mean that you have to sit with it and empathize before you go into any other interaction with that person. So if you're pissed off, mm-hmm. your emotional frequency is motherfucking angry, mm-hmm. you're mad, you're all those other things. Mm-hmm. Before I go into a conversation about what the fuck is up with the dirty dishes, <laughs> I have to ask what's going on with you what emotional frequency are you on you reply i'm pissed off i before i say anything i have to think about all that that emotion that comes with that frequency as if it was something that was traveling towards me that's why i call it a frequency because i want you to think of it as connection and that this goes through my whole technique with couples it is based on connection he needs to write a book yeah it's a big thing um so it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. <laughs> so basically, that's what it is. It's just you knowing what emotional state your partner's in, just to put it simply. So matching that, mm-hmm. knowing that, mm-hmm. then you can have a conversation. So as, as the example with the dishes and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're pissed off. I sit with that. I understand you're pissed off. I say, if I'm really caring about the connection that I'm having and I want to have an actual resolve to this conflict. Ooh. You care more about the connection than the actual issue. And that's the crux of all of my therapy when it comes to couples. I don't, I don't in couples therapy, look at each partner. I look at the connection between the two, and that's what I'm treating. Hmm. It, it lets me become a lot more neutral, and it lets me actually focus on what's necessary. The connection between the two, if that survives, the relationship will inevitably survive. If it thrives, most I said survive is just surviving. Is all right. Wait a minute, but you went away from the dishes. I interrupted. Oh shit. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Yeah. So an example with the dishes, you're pissed off. I understand you're pissed off. If I want you to actually 
if I want to actually resolve the conflict, then I would take into consideration how you're feeling before I address the dishes. Mm-hmm. That prevents me from piling on and compounding the problem that mm-hmm. you already have mm-hmm. and increasing the emotional rage that will then be directed at me. So you stop the whole thing before it starts, pretty much. And that stops a whole bunch of arguments unless you be in tune. So then when you get good at it, right, you get to flip it. Where you can not only say, let me avoid the conversation. You can say, how can I solve this issue? How can I make sure that you aren't pissed off? Mm -hmm. If I know my partner, what do I do to make sure that she's not pissed off? Do I be goofy and make her laugh in the moment? Do I take it seriously and try to address what's going on? All that stuff is stuff that you need to know. Or hear her vent. All those are options. Men are very solution focused. And I don't think they understand that sometimes women just want to vent. Like, we don't want a solution. Sometimes we just want you to listen. And and women don't understand that men want a solution. So the solution, men, Mm -hmm. is this. To listen. Yes. Okay? I get it. Yeah, I know. It's it's pissing you off. Because it's like, what the fuck? But that's... Nah, nigga. I got you. The solution... Sometimes there is no solution. I just want to be mad. Can I be mad? No, the solution is... Listen. Well, yeah. That's it. I mean, for the actual problem. Then. Yeah. Right. It sounds crazy, right? Mm-hmm. But that's it. Just be like, okay, I actually, I'll take it in. Mm-hmm. Be on the same emotional frequency. That's all. And I would say, take adult timeouts. When oh, you're mad, God, when you're mad, you are very self-centered. You are not empathetic. And you're emotional. So you cannot solve whatever issue is happening when you're both upset. So you do have to both take a time out, mm-hmm. go to neutral corners, calm down. Calm the fuck down. And then whoever initiated the timeout has to come back and say, hey, I've calmed down. Are you ready to talk? If that person, if your other person isn't calmed down, they're like, no, I'm not ready. It's like, okay, now it's up to you to come back and say you're ready to me. And once you're calm, that that's when you can actually have a logical discussion of creating a solution for the issue. So that would be my advice to handle conflict. Take a damn time out. Chill the fuck out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That helps. Mm -hmm. But all right, I think that's about it for today. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for listening to It's Surreal. Yes. We'll come back with more. I think I do want to do that. uh, The polls? The the little, um, what was it called exactly? How'd you put it? The The myths? Myths. Mm. Right. I want to do that about relationships in general mm-hmm. and just put it up on IG or something else. Mm-hmm. We'll figure it out after this, but I think that would be a good mm-hmm. exercise to see what, how people think. Yeah, they definitely. Believe. <laughs> but thank you so much for listening and watching. <laughs> if you have any questions or comments, make sure to leave them, reach out, give us some um, episode topics or anything you want us to answer. We are open to that. <laughs> But thank you for being with us and listening to It's So Real with your girl, Rocky. And your boy, O. You all have a beautiful day. All right. We out. Peace.